funny enough, I have a conversation uh, starter here that uh, intersects uh, both of you's cultures. Uh, one is about guns, which is JT's culture, and the other one is about hospitals, <laughs> which is uh, Hakim's culture. You so, didn't. Yeah, you shot yeah. up a hospital. Ah, almost, <laughs> almost. I almost got there. Trust me, trust me. But then I remember this podcast has patrons. Uh, I have, you know, some leftover money. So I uh, went with uh, the direction of corruption. Now everybody's confused. What the fuck is he talking about? Every five years, anybody who has a gun license here, which is already a relatively difficult thing to do, one which I do have, uh, every five years you need to go for a medical checkup, which in my opinion is a perfectly legitimate thing to request from someone who has yeah. a thing mm-hmm. that uh, catches on fire and shoots a fucking missile out of it so uh, uh, I went there and uh, obviously all the criticisms coming in from uh, our western uh, friends about uh, public healthcare being extremely slow and shit uh, were actually incorrect but mm-hmm. I ended up going there exactly at a, at a time when uh, a bunch of students that just graduated from driving school uh, now 18 <laughs> not 12 the way they, they are allowed to be in, in the US uh, they had to go through you know the same same doctors uh, as me uh, and after i waited for 20 30 minutes i considered going the the american route because you need you see you have to understand jt is like one of my angels on one of my shoulder and hakim is the other <laughs> angel and sometimes they turn into the devil or the angel they influence my life profoundly so there i, I could have gone the, the the jt american route and uh, violently point my gun at people so that they move out of the queue so i can get my eyes checked uh, go to a neuropsychiatrist <laughs> get my uh, uh, hearing checked, my heart rate, etc., etc. Uh, but I chose to go with uh, with the Iraqi slash uh, Hakim way, which is uh, basically go to the first doctor and give him fifty bucks so that he nice. uh, helps me <laughs> go through the whole process much quicker. Uh, he literally smiled from one ear to another, grabbed me by the hand, and uh, literally cut me in front of uh, all of the normal people. Who uh, I mean, I don't feel bad because there was no old people there, and nobody was hurt. These were just yeah, literally yeah, kids yeah. waiting to get their fucking driver's licenses. Uh, yeah, and I was yeah. like, I'm getting a gun <laughs> license, much higher level than this fucking shit. And then he just uh, walked me around all the all the spots. I even like bragged for a second. I'm like, one of my best friends is a doctor, actually. Thanks, sir, so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess in this uh, in this circumstance, the little angel on my right, uh, Hakim's voice uh, overtook this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. It would be headlines. Uh, <laughs> this is why we should permanently ban guns. Gu- guy waiting for a uh, gun uh, medical checkup actually uses gun because he cannot wait for checkup. Uh, <laughs> it would be a pretty decent headline. I would click on that shit. Well, you taught all those kids you, you, a very valuable lesson about how to get ahead in yeah. life. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. But I was going to say, you know, there's a weird parallel in my own life. You know, when I got my license, my driver's license, um, I had to do a stupid, like, medical fucking thing as well, like a checkup, if you could even call it that. Um, and uh, I was like, you know what? I don't even want to do this. <laughs> I just I just slipped the uh, the doctor to I was a student at the time, medical student. I just slipped the doctor $20, and I was like, the equivalent of $20. And I was like, can we just, like, can you just sign the paper? <laughs> there you go. I'm not the only one. And he me. did it. Yeah, and he... <laughs> Yeah, and he went to, he's like, I know, I, like, I see fine, I hear exactly. fine, okay, yeah. I don't need this, I'm not gonna waste half an hour of my time on this shit. And so, all of them, because wow. it was but a gun, yeah. all of them were relatively serious, <laughs> they were like, but you now get, you already got the license, you're just getting checked up, uh, you didn't lose your shit, no, but I kind of had to lie, because they were like, are you, do you smoke, <laughs> are you violent, and I was like, yeah, uh, do you drink, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> are you, but I was are like, you no, no, of course not, of course <laughs> not, and they're like, okay, here you go, nice, thank you. 
Are you a political extremist? <laughs> Thankfully, didn't ask that one. Have you? <laughs> Are you or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, they asked a friend of mine that the, when he went to the U.S. I still, I, I yeah, cannot believe that they yeah. still ask people this shit. Oh, yeah, You're absolutely. Supposed to, apparently, when you do the visa, I've never applied for an American visa, um, but apparently what you get like a form that you're supposed to fill in. And one of the questions is... Like, have you ever been part of a member of a communist party? Why is that relevant? No, yeah. genuinely, this is not the fucking Cold War anymore. What the fuck? Oh, well, communists still I mean, can't run know, for office here. Yeah. yeah, open communists cannot run for office. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, but it's a it's a complete uh, uh, democracy. Yeah. It's fully fledged and, and uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Full bodied democracy. Uh, Nazis can run for fucking, office. They're not stopping yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. A Democrat Nazi. What's the difference? Um, <laughs> They both want to bomb brown people. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of this year, where this is this is actually uh, the topic today. We'll we'll kind of delve into that. But yeah, I'm um, sorry. There's another interesting thing that you had. You had you go up, Nick. There was a an invasion that you witnessed. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so was, I was the enemy at the oh, gate. Oh lord. So I was I was I was uh, traveling from one Balkan state to another, and people need to understand that from July to motherfucking September, our Ottoman brothers and sisters who uh, have migrated either first generation, third, fourth, I don't give a fuck. All over Western Europe, I wish them all the health, all all the beauty. But for some reason, these beautiful beautiful human beings never take a fucking plane back to their country to visit their relatives. So they all get in these hordes of cars and drive through the Balkans <laughs> in order to get to Turkey. But you do not understand what I mean by hordes of vehicles. The, the, the waiting time on certain borders ends up being 12, 18, 20 motherfucking hours. It's super Jeez. fucked up for them that are, have to wait in the car. It's super fucked up for other people that are passing the borders on a regular basis because of work or because they're from the other country that they're going to. And it just becomes a fucking insane mess. And it, tri and, and it triggers us Balkan people a lot because, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but seeing uh, hundreds of thousands of Turks in the Balkans kind of reminds us of a whole 500-year period, right? And at one moment, I'm waiting there. I waited for like around seven hours, which is actually pretty quick, if I may say so myself. I left home at like 2 a.m. in order for it to be that quick. And I drove from 2 a.m. to and I got home to at like 7 or some shit. 6, okay, wasn't that bad. Uh... And the f most fucked up thing is I couldn't even enjoy sitting in my fucking car watching some TikToks on the border because TikTok recognized my motherfucking location surrounded by millions <laughs> of billions of Turkish phones and everything that TikTok was giving me at that moment because it thought I was I became Turkish all of a sudden, which, uh, you know, uh, now people are going to make uh, genetics jokes. Haha. <laughs> uh, is, is, <laughs> I was just it, it, I was only getting, oh, Suleiman, no, Suleiman, this, Suleiman, that for like six fucking hours. So imagine a Balkan motherfucker. I again had nothing against Turks, but a Balkan motherfucker seven hours surrounded by by Turks shouting at each other with TikTok Turks shouting at him in his uh, <laughs> trying to enter his homeland. I mean, uh, past traumas were brought up in my mind. That is all I'm saying. There is such a thing as like generational PTSD, <laughs> and that really fucking happened. <laughs> Epigenetic PTSD. Uh, epigenetic PTSD. <laughs> oh fuck. Mm. Oh fuck! I love it. Oh Jesus Christ! As he clips the yeah. fucking <laughs> the Hugo. <laughs> oh fuck! Don't think we didn't oh, hear man. that. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I got passionate. Oh, I got Christ. passionate. <laughs> it's okay. It's perfect. Just take planes, oh, you lovely humans. You had, gave us some of the best food on planet Earth. Take planes, please. Take planes. 
how are they have you how are they going to carry all those german goods back to, to, to turkey we're all done <laughs> all, the, all the big movies the big movies and not only my our turkish brothers do this like well, all eastern europeans do this uh, uh a lot of yeah, people yeah. like rent a car you know like a porsche or some shit and then they go home to show off in their village oh look at how uh, how much i made it and shit but when they stop on their first gas station and do this like uh diesel or petrol they're like i don't fucking know man <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and NBs to yet another episode of the Deep Program. We have prepared something really, really special for you, something very spicy, spicy, uh, almost as spicy as the KFC I ate the other day and almost as spicy as what my asshole felt like for the next fucking week and a half, <laughs> uh, and that is uh, conspiracy theories, more precisely, conspiracy theories which ended up being true. You would be surprised just how many of them did end up being true, which should not inspire you to listen to conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, please, uh, before we begin, just a small shout out to our amazing patrons, which allow this show to happen. Uh, if you like what we do here and want to help us stay as independent and as loose-lipped as possible, uh, you can find a Patreon <laughs> if link. If you don't want to hear... <laughs> You think if you don't want to hear Dollar Shave Club? If, if you if you want me if you want me to make fucking uh, like literally start the show with my my ass hurts from KFC and scream at Turks, we cannot have sponsors. Okay, so so Patreon it is, or or like talk about real conspiracy theories because you'll hear shit like that. Nobody would sponsor this shit. Trust me. Uh, I've got all the sponsor emails. This is a threat. If you if you don't give us money on Patreon, I will bring Audible to the show. <laughs> Oh my god, we're gonna have to record, we're gonna have to fucking uh, shill some garbage fucking Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> fucking deal. Oh shit. Uh, so with with that warning out of the way, that was not us asking you to donate, that was a fucking warning, baby. I'm literally holding a gun while I'm saying this, I'm not even joking. Uh, so, like, I'm naked right now with like two gold chains and and, 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 and LARPing with, with uh, a fucking firearm, I don't even know why I'm doing it. Well, the air conditioning is blowing so hard in me, my nipples are harder than the fucking equator is the equator hard whatever so uh no. we start talking about being hard about someone we are starting this episode with uh, one relatively mainstream conspiracy theory that a lot of people know a bit about but maybe not in detail and that is if you didn't know that the dalai lama themselves was actually on a cia payroll I'll give you a little uh, overview of that whole situation now. So the 14th Dalai Lama, the man whose smiling face we can all see in our mind, was on the CIA payroll to the tune of around 180,000 per year, which today is around 800K uh, for much of the 1960s. Uh, this is all according to declassified documents from the State Department. So uh, the episode involving CIA payments to the Dalai Lama and his exile movement starts shortly after after the end of World War II, once Mao's communist revolution established itself as the commanding yeah. power there, uh, in the context of that little thing, yeah, that little thing, you know, <laughs> so, uh, some landlords went went. Uh, 
traveled very far <laughs> went away. Bye-bye. Went to Canada. Uh, in, the, in the context of supporting this anti-communist uh, force, uh, at, at all anti-communist forces throughout the world, as we all know, the CIA ended up funding them, and the Dalai Lama and his exiled group uh, were also supported with the aim of fomenting dissent against uh, Mao's quote-unquote regime. Uh, Gyalo Trondup, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, was the second eldest son of the 14th Dalai Lama, and he was one of the top assets of the CIA during the entirety of the Cold War. Uh, as most of us know, after the revolution, Mao's China went uh, on to set a foothold in uh, Tibet, a country red, uh, ran back then through a classical theocratic model. Uh, the Dalai Lama was uh, basically on top. Uh, in order to facilitate an endless conflict and quote, and I'm literally quoting the CIA here, uh, create a constant sore for the Reds. The CIA proceeded to set up a clandestine operation with the Tibetans, aiding financially and militarily through weapons, the Tibetan resistance, quote unquote. A 1950 memorandum noted that some of the reasons stemmed from a notion of uh, bolstered sovereignty and a a motivation to forge a so-called bulwark against possible invasion by Western powers via India. However, they also believe that, and check this out, and China would use Tibet as a base of attack against India and the Middle East in the Third World War, which everybody at that time was kind of thinking would happen. Mm -hmm. So, uh, therefore, you know, intelligence officials sold the action as a preventative one, something that they they do to this day, remember children, Mm -hmm. uh, in case, you know, World War III starts shit like that. So, uh, we know about three main operations. One is still unavailable to the public, you know, it's the documents, the cases have still not been opened. Uh, uh, but the other two involved training guerrillas, sending in agents, military supplies and equipment, and of course, paying for the Dalai Lama's uh, uh, expenses. So after the month-long Indo-Chinese war in the beginning of the 60s, the Indians uh, also uh, ended up helping uh, with a offering a helping hand to the CIA and the uh, Dalai Lama, but after a while, when everyone except, you know, the very religiously zealous uh, understood that there is no victory against the, uh, the Chinese, uh, Tibet was annexed. Funny enough, the CIA stopped giving cash to the Dalai Lama at that point, but uh, continued <laughs> to funnel cash to the underground groups who still operated as uh, anti-communist guerrillas on the territory. Around $15 million of today's uh, worth in today's money adjusted to inflation was invested, which I don't know, you guys will comment on this later, but that doesn't sound like a lot to me for you know such a <laughs> relatively successful an important thing such as you know creating an open wound for the for the reds for mm. so long uh, but yes all uh, all that said and done uh, uh, in his 1991 autobiography freedom and exile uh, the dalai lama actually criticized the caa supporting the tibetan independence movement saying quote not because they the caa cared about Tibetan independence, but as part of their worldwide efforts to destabilize all communist governments. And in 99, the Dalai Lama suggested that the CIA Tibetan program had been harmful to Tibet because it primarily served American interests, claiming once the once the American policy towards China changed, they stopped their help. The Americans had a different agenda from the one of the Tibetan people. Sounds to me like 
the holy man himself in his later wiser years realized he was just being played in a larger game of chess what do you lovely motherfuckers think yeah there's there's i mean he's correct in saying those things but you know there's one thing saying it as you're dying in your memoir and it's another thing saying it at the time when it could actually do some good yeah no exactly right you know my favorite part about this is that um when you (laughs) both the united states um officially by the way completely denied any support um, and this is, by the way, the, th- the reason that we're going over these is because all these things are things that happened, but the United States has officially denied for decades. And then eventually when it came out, they came out and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, actually, yeah, we did do that. Um, yeah. And uh, in this aspect, uh, the U.S. government now acknowledges the fact that, yes, they did arm and, uh, and support militarily and financially uh, guerrillas in Tibet to fight against the, China, uh, the Chinese communists uh, and the Tibetan communists, mind you. There's a massive uh, movement there in, in Tibet uh, that was uh, parallel to the Chinese one or the one going on in the rest of China. But uh, the United States government not only denied this, but to this day, if you would ask these fucking dumbass liberals who say stupid shit like free Tibet, which, by the way, Mao already did, um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if, you're just, if you say it to these people, you're like, oh, no, but the, the Tibetans are just peaceful Buddhists. What are you talking about? No, it's the evil Chinese that are doing this shit, this fucking Falun Gong nonsense, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's a story for another day. But the liberals are known for uh, such supreme brain rot that even when the United States government officially comes out admitting the horrible shit that it does, liberals will still pretend like it doesn't happen or will like start fucking, uh, what's it called? Uh, playing defense yeah. <laughs> for the fucking American government trying yeah. to deflect away or minimize or, you know, this fucking stupid shit. And isn't it and um, isn't it super annoying, especially to you as a Muslim, for example, a theocratic state literally led by a religious leader, but being Buddhist, they're like, oh, you know, these bold little Asian dudes with their little uh, orange shit sitting around and meditating that's absolutely acceptable but to hear for example Iran oh my god it has a religious leader it's also a theocratic society and they lose their shit because they're like oh my god the oppression oh my god let destruction hmm. it's it's a, that double yeah, standard yeah, yeah. is always very fucking beautiful to me let's not even get started on uh, you know Saudi Arabia <laughs> exactly that's yeah, yeah that's not to say that there aren't criticisms of all, of all of those uh, what's it called uh, yeah, yeah 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 I know I'm, I'm saying this for the audience or actually for the liberal on the wall not for you <laughs> but you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, otherwise, yeah, exactly right. My favorite part about that is in Tibet, they were they were chain chain gang peasants, um, and the uh, what's it called? The, the, uh, it's not clergy, but I don't know what the appropriate term would be. But that layer of society lived practically as as kings, while everybody else was essentially a slave meant to serve them. Uh, and uh, like something like ninety two percent of the population was illiterate, and they were in like horrific poverty. And then the Mao and the Chinese communists come, and they kind of dis- they dismantle the system. They allow uh, everybody and specifically women to enter into education um, and they completely turn that society upside down and the idiot liberals who fucking especially back in the day like in the 90s when they would have their stupid concerts um, trying to be oh free free to bed oh. it's like what do you mean what to return to that fucking garbage idiots mm. yeah, these people are Tibet uh... <laughs> similar to the way the uh, there's a very cute parallel that I like to make between Tibet and mm. uh, actually the Red Army in World War II <laughs> Uh, the Red Army 
is identified with like, oh my God, the, the Soviets killed more of their soldiers than they did Germans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because mostly, yes, because of the hundreds, not hundreds, tens of years of massive Cold War propaganda. But in my opinion, the most influential thing was the movie Enemy at the Gates. Tibet oh God, has man. the same thing. You pr- most one thousand percent watch it. I was brainwashed by Enemy at the Gates when I was younger, and about uh, mm. when it comes to Tibet, I was brain- brainwashed by that Brad Pitt movie. You know, White Saver goes yeah. to Tibet. Yeah. Seven years yeah. in Tibet, the one yeah. scene where the Maoists come into the into the of what the fuck you call it the temple, and you know the the Tibetans are painting these beautiful uh, things on the ground with with you know sand, mm. and after they paint them, they remove them, and the Maoists come and they sit down and they fuck up the whole painting and they start arresting mm. all the priesthood and shit, and like you know that shit, that shit sticks in your head, same as same as uh, like yeah. NKVD soldiers shouting uh, shooting uh, Soviet soldiers in the uh, in the face mm. when they whenever they're Dude, retreating shit my... like that that sticks that. <laughs> yeah. Works. Do you know what? Yeah, dude. My favorite line from Enemy at the Gates is where there's some stupid subplot where there's one female soldier and there's an officer and a male soldier, and both of them like the the female yeah, soldier, yeah. but the female soldier chooses the the soul. She chooses the guy, not the officer, right? Yeah. Who's supposed to be like a political officer, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, like she a commissar. Yeah, yeah, and then the, he goes, and then he has like this fucking heartfelt conversation. He's like, "Oh, communism is wrong because eventually, like, yeah. oh, she, she, she loves you. She doesn't love me. Like the idea. It's so stupid. I, I don't even remember, but I, I remember. I, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's to the tune of basically, oh, you know, the same shit. Like oh, everybody can't be equal. She loves you. She doesn't love me. But in communism, says well, she's supposed to love both of us. Or some yeah. shit. Communism is poly confirmed, but you uh, guys are uh, forgetting the best part of that movie, which is that everybody is British on, on, oh, on yeah, all yeah, sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my God, it's, and that oh, bull- so yeah. funny. Oh, one gun for two soldiers, and f- this. Oh my! One with the rifle Vasily himself <laughs> was one of like his hardcore pro-communist. Like the dude was mm. ideologically literate and insanely supportive of uh, the Soviet government throughout the entirety mm. of his life, and you can read that in his fucking memoirs. Yeah. Uh, the, the movie goes so far as having like characters which again uh, were either invented or were proper communists and turns them into these like hardened anti-Soviets. Yeah, it's, it's the absolute classic. And seven years in Tibet, okay, maybe not as as harsh <laughs> hardcore propaganda as that, but it's the typical you know '90s heartfelt to the uh, type of shit that they didn't Real really even cringe. make with yeah. with uh, like bad intentions. In my opinion, they just wanted to make a like a you know oh you cry and you watch it during a sun. And, you know, they ingested uh, their political knowledge, which is basically reading like The Economist once a month uh, into it, into the script. And you end up having garbage that poisons the well for fucking hundreds of years. Jesus. Yeah, this is absolute garbage. Liberals need to brain rot. That's what that's all I'm going to have to say. All right. um, Moving swiftly on from uh, the... Our favorite Tibet stories. Um, there's an operation I think a, a bunch of people have heard of. Uh, it's one of the more popular ones that are no, that's known of. Um, it's called Operation Northwoods, uh, which mm. was, by the way, for a long time a conspiracy theory that uh, both the Soviets and the Cubans knew about, uh, and they mentioned, they spoke about it, and the United States was like, oh, would you listen to these evil communists that try and make something about our perfect democracy? And, well, it turns out it wasn't. It was uh, it was entirely true. What it was is that the United States wanted to, uh, and the CIA specifically wanted 
want to stage false flag attacks on U.S. soil, on U.S. ships, on U.S. civilians, on U.S. Uh, civilian centers and cities um, by assassinations, um, mass shootings, bombings, etc. Uh, and then after, you know, innocent American civilians would be killed by all this, um, or at least injured, um, they uh, would then point the finger at Cuba and be like, oh, it's Cuban terrorists that, that caused this. Um, and then they would use it as justification to launch a uh, invasion and uh, when you read the actual transcript of the part by the way it's not even entirely declassified but when you read the the transcript parts of it they mention like the absolute the inhumanity of it Uh, they're like oh we could blow up certain civilian centers in the united states or we can sink ships full of uh, cuban refugees i'm like what the fuck these are the same people who are like oh the cubans we love the cuban refugees we love them but they're coming to seek for freedom and and democracy they're leaving the Mm -hmm. evil totalitarian dictatorship all this all this fucking smoke and mirror fucking garbage talk and then when when you know when reality sets in you're talking about sinking ships of these people so that they drown in the fucking right just so that you can have some justification to bring back sugar plantations and mafia owned fucking brothels in 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 havana jesus christ but anyways um there's actually not so much to say about this uh there's just a lot of um what's it called um uh, how do i even word this um shock value yeah the, the inhumanity yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, exactly. It's a lot of shock stuff, basically. Things that liberals would say, this is stuff other countries do. This is not what the United States does. Uh, by the way, uh, something I, I, I find funny as well is that um, one of the parts of uh, Northwoods was the Americans would stage an attack on their own, uh, on, on Cuban soil, but on in Guantanamo. Right, which yeah. the Americans currently occupy, and then they would blame the Cubans for the attack, and then they would use that also as justification for invasion, which I find like weirdly like twist, funny in a, in a twisted way, because only the United States can occupy a part of a country and then stage an attack on its own on this occupied part by themselves. They'll bomb it themselves and then use that as an excuse to take over the rest of that fucking country. Yeah, uh, but it, it's interesting that and not to get too far into like the nine eleven stuff because that goes a little off the rails. Yes. But that is what a lot of people who are nine eleven truthers. Uh, point to they point to Northwoods to say like look the U.S. was planning on on taking these planes and like uh, flying them into buildings and stuff if they were willing to do it then why wouldn't mm. they have done it in 2001 stuff like that so it's it's yeah, it's yeah. interesting I mean the U.S. is absolutely willing to to do horrific acts against mm. its own citizens but it's it's no wonder that there are some people who believe you know certain. Mm modern-day conspiracy theories. Yeah, it op- like, this specific case opened the floodgates, and a lot of people will actually use it as a counter-argument to most conspiracy theories, which have been proven to an extent or not proven to an extent yeah. nowadays, by saying, uh, okay, the fact that this was thought about it could happen, but also the other tent, as we like to say in my part of the world, uh, screams, you know, this wouldn't happen because, you know, they didn't end up uh, following through on it. But then when you look at a lot of other operations that they ended up... <laughs> following through on but you know not which we'll Mm. talk about later but which weren't uh, against the u.s citizens you realize that maybe the point of why they (laughs) they didn't do it is because americans need to die not because them doing false flag attacks is necessarily something that uh, is against the core principles that is number one and number two yes apologize to our listeners because i'm going to sound relatively conspiratorial now but if they Mm. actually did false flag attacks uh that they followed 
through on, even on American citizens, we most likely will never know. That is not only yeah. going to be classified documentation, that this the type of shit that this is written down absolutely nowhere, and that uh, mm-hmm. even the people executing the orders most likely didn't even know exactly what the fuck they are doing. So it's like operations that yeah. die on them, but die by themselves. And or they just burn all the fucking paperwork. But hold on, yeah, the paperwork and the people. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's also true. Yeah, um, but I was gonna say there's two funny aspects of this particular of, of Northwoods. Uh, two things that was interesting. Um, aside from these attacks on Americans, um, what they would also uh, like an idea that was floated is uh, if we are not gonna create attacks on U.S. soil, what we can do is have Americans carry out attacks on either Jamaica or Trinidad Tobago or like some other uh, organization. Of American states country and then afterwards blame Cuba for the attack and then use that as a so you know again the only American can do this where they'll attack in one country blame another country and then invade that country yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and and the, the final cherry on top is uh, they got so desperate to have something as an excuse to um, uh, attack Cuba that when they launched the what's it called the uh, Mercury uh, orbital flight um at the time, if it didn't, if it wasn't successful, um, by the way, this was like on a on a whim. Like, oh, if NASA fucked up and it wasn't successful, they would blame the Cuba, and they, and they were like, oh, the fundamental blame is with the communists and, and Cuba. They're the ones who sabotaged this fucking shit, yeah. and then they're going to use that as an excuse to uh, to to uh, again invade. So. Um, uh, if if anybody ever thought um, what's it called uh, um, Colin Powell uh, shaking that fucking you know bit of uh, vanilla cake uh, piece or something in the in the little uh, uh, perfume bottle at the UN if you thought that was the pinnacle of uh, clownery for the US to to justify invasions it could get a lot worse it could be like you know what <laughs> <laughs> the the guys who did the math did it in metric but the astronauts used imperial and that's why the fucking the, the, the launch failed so it's a communist fault. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, actually, one last side, po- side point. Um, one of the major reasons for the U.S. not adopting me- the metric system was, and I, I, I quote, um, it was a communist conspiracy to make the United <laughs> States, uh, um, what's it called, uh, um, apply the metric standard. Um, so that's that's why you guys have to say three eighths of an inch or whatever. Oh god, S- yeah. five sixteenths or whatever the <laughs> fuck you, fractions you fucking people do. Like that, every so. time I have to measure something, I'm like, oh my god, this is the dumbest system. Why not just use your no. dick? Yeah. Always sounds small. Like it always sounds small because <laughs> it's so little. But when you say it in centimeters, it's like ha ha ha, you know? Like, oh, big chunk this look, year. You're 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 a you're a what's it called a a, a leftist uh, snowflake. All right, that's why you want metric. If you're a true uh, white, blue, and red-hearted, not hard-blooded American, <laughs> then you're gonna, then you want your fucking you want your bread deep fried and your and your uh, measurements in fucking I don't know. Not feet in fucking no stones are the the British ones. What other weird sh- you ounces? Got, there's ounces, oh, but there's ounces, fluid ounces, yeah. and they're they're different. Like a fluid ounce is not equal to a single ounce if it's by weight, right? I don't even know. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> you got me. Can you tell me how many how many centimeters are in a meter? Uh, oh come on! You I, I have know to this. I have to take my <laughs> pants down to check it. All right, there we okay. go. No. There we go. There we go. Well, that's an answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, moving on. Here's one that uh, I've talked about a couple times on my channel and that a lot of you probably know at this point. The fossil fuel industry knew climate change was happening and they kept it a secret. This one is, oh, wow. to me, one of the greatest crimes against humanity ever perpetrated because it's 
the number of people who have died as a result of this and who will continue to die is absurd. So let's take uh, Exxon, for example. Back in the 70s, Exxon had gotten some reports from their scientists that what they were doing was affecting the climate. So what may be surprising now is that what they did was they invested huge sums of money to like retrofit tankers and stuff like that with scientific equipment and go around the world testing these hypotheses and claims that they were causing the climate to change. And so they spearheaded the most advanced to, to that point in history studies of climate change. And sure enough, the, the results were completely conclusive that, yeah, uh, what we're doing is affecting the climate. It's making it warm up. And so they, they came up with these projections um, about, okay, if we continue at this pace, uh, if we track with, you know, if we grow at the continued rate that we assume we're going to grow, this is what it's going to look like in, in 50 years. And sure enough, those uh, projections were incredibly accurate if, you know, a little conservative um, and so th since the 70s, they knew this was happening. And instead of taking that information to the public and working with policymakers to try to do, you know, a, a smooth and orderly and um, gradual transition to, to more sustainable sources of energy, they buried it. They said this is for internal eyes only. They put out some press releases saying um, to, their, to their internal department saying that, hey, uh, yeah, this is happening, but instead we're going to invest in advertising um, and, and kind of obscure this. And that's what they did. So for the last 40, 50 years, they have dumped all the money that they could have put into uh, developing alternatives into bamboozling the public and and making us feel like it's our fault that we're you know not using paper straws and stuff like that. So the blood on the hands of the fossil fuel executives is it's in the millions of lives and it will continue to be. Like we, I've shot a documentary in uh, the Marshall Islands. They're going underwater. They will have to evacuate. They'll have to leave simply because the, the sea level is rising. And uh, also, side note, they've got um, like nuclear waste stored there in like a, mm -hmm. a, a sarcophagus. And the, the rising tide or sea level is lifting the lid off the sarcophagus and it's starting to leak radioactive material. So <laughs> these poor people were the subject of nuclear testing, like Bikini Atoll and stuff like that. And they had to evacuate for that. And now they're going to ha have to evacuate permanently because their home is going underwater for the greed and profits of a, of a handful of companies. It's just insane. And, and it's completely true. You can find all this information online. Like, you can find the internal documents now uh, that Exxon had put out. It's, it's, I'd say it's shocking, but it's really not. The wildest to me is always that, like, uh, a conspiracy theory needs to be something that the government does. And a lot of uh, yeah. people that have libertarian brain rot will go so far as to say, <laughs> you know, in the market you don't really have rules. So what Exxon did was inside of the limits of the market and to an extent even legal and therefore a part of the game. And we all need to play uh, we can by playing the game we will eventually reach a point where companies like Exxon will no longer be sustainable uh, and uh, for for the everyday consumer so they will you know go under and more sustainable companies will rise up but uh, 
if they look at this case study in particular and thousands like it, you see that uh, no, actually you take a shit ton of money and you invest it into convincing people that no, everything is still fine. And then you don't even have to develop a better or in this case, more sustainable product. You can elongate how long it takes the market to catch up with just how much in this case damage is doing to the planet. So it's literally, and because the people who jerk off to the market are always talking about how incredibly efficient it is, but through the invention of literally corporate propaganda, which we uh, have termed advertising in PR, uh, that efficiency of, uh, you know, the best product always wins has absolutely gone out of the window. And in the bigger picture, this is the exact uh, uh, like perfect uh, case study for it. Because it's not just, you know, uh, now I'm saying just, but it's not, you know, just the exploitation of, uh, of labor. It's not uh, the lowering of uh, product value or, or just like, you know, stuff being uh, cheaper and shittier and breaking down more often. We are literally talking about the, the one fucking planet that we can live on. And the market is not sufficient enough in preserving it from uh, uh, total uh, collapse. So it's 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 a really good, really good example of everything that that doesn't work and needs to at the very least be adjusted. Yeah. Guys, what you're missing is that you need to have personal responsibility. You need to rinse out your <laughs> yogurt cups and you need to separate your fucking, you know, the, the, the lid of your smoothie and the smoothie <laughs> bottle. All right. And that is what's going to stop climate change. It's all about personal responsibility. It's about the way that you choose to consume, consume responsibly. Oh, God. <laughs> no, there's Christ. no speed. Yeah, please ignore the, the private jets. Please ignore the, the cruises. Yeah. Yeah. You know that whole oh movement God. that eats jizz all the time because it like what <laughs> it creates zero waste yeah and they have like no. expensive products and shit and you can like become like a, a jizz dispensary uh so you can donate your jizz but not to make kids but they make smoothies out of it and shit like, i don't believe you the ultimate what the ultimate is this a fever dream? What the fuck just no, happened? I, <laughs> did I have, did I just have a stroke? I, 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 like I didn't believe it either, but then I started getting some like videos on YouTube of like uh, people using semen as cream, using semen as, in like their smoothies to up amp their proteins, etc. Et like, like what but the usually, fuck is no, this? Usually, okay, I'm not even believe. kidding. Okay, so um, you you go down you know the rabbit hole of uh, personal responsibility for environmentalism is the only way we can solve the situation. So uh, you, you know, start changing your diet, you go in a certain blah, blah, blah. In my opinion, all very positive things, you know, in the long run, we need a lot more, but very positive things in my because, you know, you're being a decent human being, okay. But the, some of them reach reach a absolutely batshit insane point at which they want to have like almost zero carbon emissions or like impossibly low carbon emissions. And, you know, you have the cliches is, you know, white people with dreads that never wash them, people that don't shower, uh, 
motherfuckers that you know live uh, literally like choose to be homeless in order for their home to not have to have CO two emissions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the, the more like uh, you know uh, wild look at me, I'm so original approach is uh, what I've seen at least in red is you know trying to replace uh, a lot of uh, protein products which are not even coming from animals very often uh, with with jizz because jizz literally costs uh, nothing to the planet and uh, oh, hold on, just a question is this is, is are you just telling us this or is this going in the podcast i'm confused ah, but, but, no it, it can go no it should go in the podcast because it's showing what the, the extent to which like uh, propaganda coming from exxon and other companies that are telling us that no it's not their fault it's our fault that shit is going fucking ham has brought us to a point where we're eating jizz cream okay ladies and gentlemen mm. we we there we, go. we want everything to be about us to the extent that we're eating jizz cream now just so that we don't have class consciousness and, and understand where the fucking world is going we would rather eat jizz like good for us bravo <laughs> that is the point at which civilization has reached i'm sorry what a tangent oh god and with that ladies and gentlemen this has been the program yeah good night <laughs> <laughs> Such a thank you, Gavdi. I I feel enlightened. Why oh, stupid? Wow. It's the perfect metaphor. It's not even funny. People eat jizz because you think that's only going to save the planet. Okay, enough. Like, Gavdi, 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 we get it. We get it. All okay, right. now okay. to something yes. even wilder than that. MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> something not as serious as eating jizz, and I'm not even sure if yes. I don't actually mean it when I said that. Um, so most of our listeners know about MK Ultra to one extent or another. So I'll give a very fast. Uh, broad overview. Uh, uh, on November 28th in 1953, Frank Olson, a scientist researching biological warfare for the U.S. Army, fell to his death from the 10th floor of the Manhattan Statler Hotel. Did he jump or was he pushed? Nine days mm. before his death, Olson, who talked about leaving his job and told his wife he had made a terrible mistake, had been secretly dosed with LSD by a CIA operative. Over 20 years later, U.S. President Gerald Ford personally met with Olson's family to offer his apologies. Olson's sons oh, wow. are convinced that their father's death was not the result of a nervous breakdown, possibly triggered by the secret dosage of LSD. Rather, they believe that he was murdered to prevent him from exposing state secrets, a conspiracy of mm. such magnitude that even a president had to admit to it later on in in this particular mm. case with the death of this serviceman. Uh, Sidney Gottlieb, and I'm very proud I can't pronounce it uh, because it's a name you shouldn't remember out of anything but disgust, <laughs> was basically the brain behind the MK Ultra. Some people say it's some other guy. Duh, duh, duh. I am now giving you only shit that's like 100% confirmed. Uh, he was an immigrant, fucking immigrants, uh, chemist of Jewish Hungarian <laughs> descent, a Jew and from the Balkans. Oh my lord. This is a joke. <laughs> uh, it all really started at the, uh, you know, the, the whole process started at the Addiction Research Center in Lexington in Kentucky. Uh, officially a hospital for people with drug addictions, this center, uh, this center laid under the joint authority of the Bureau of Prisons and the Public Health Service and kind of functioned like, you know, a prison. So most of its inmates were extremely marginalized, powerless African Americans, and that made them what? That made them perfect test subjects. This was uh, only the beginning. Not satisfied with, you know, the Kentucky research that they had for quite a few years, MK Ultra branched 
further out. In the mid-50s, CIA operatives took note of the work of Evan Cameron, president of the American Psychological Association and the Canadian Psychiatric Association. Fucking Canadians, man. Cameron drew their (laughs) attention with experiments in which he enclosed patients in small cells, put them in a drug-induced coma, and subjected them to endless repetition of recorded phrases. Cameron was looking for a technique that would enable him to, as he put it, repattern individuals, changing their attitudes and beliefs. Patients who came to Cameron for help became his unwitting test subjects instead. His work was decades later defined as almost Nazi-like and motivated by little more than ideologically self-excusing sadism. The stories are too many to count of what uh, Gottlieb, you know, the OG guy, had organized with other co-conspirators. One of the wildest ones from everything that I've read is having a public house where prostitutes would bring dudes and then get them tripping on LSD while the scientists analyze what would happen. Uh, in the early 70s, uh, Gottlieb had retired from the CIA, of course, uh, when he was outed as the man behind MK Ultra Fuhrer's later and summoned before a Senate commission. He brokered a deal which saved him from any jail time. Uh, Gottlieb quietly lived out the rest of his years raising goats in his rural house in Virginia. I can't even imagine what he did to the fucking goats if he did that. He died in 1999. Basically, he got away. A man behind fucked up shit like having mentally handicapped children being fed cereal laced with uranium and radioactive calcium to simply weird shit like uh, the time the CIA operatives, uh, I think, supposedly put a listening device on a cat but forgot that cats won't stay around so the cat ran away. They never knew what the fuck happened to that thing. But uh, thankfully, as we all know, that project was never successful. But, and this always irks me, if it was, we wouldn't know either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how it I was goes. Say, my, my favorite part about MKUltra, there's actually a few parts. The first one is that um, the CIA director at the time, Richard Helms, he ordered that all the files relating to it be destroyed. So, um, <laughs> And they did actually, they didn't destroy everything, but they destroyed basically almost everything. So we'll never know a, the full extent of it. And number two, which I found find absolutely hilarious, is the entire impetus for the beginning of this project was that during the Korean War, um, they noticed that American soldiers, a lot of them that would be captured, and this later on happened in Vietnam as well, uh, that would be captured, um, would eventually either start giving, inf- begin informing for the, either like the Chinese or the Korean or whatever other troops, like the, the quote-unquote Reds, um, or they would become sympathetic to them, or they would outright join them. And the Americans, yeah. short of being like, hey, maybe the, uh, those other people are actually on the right side of history, mm-hmm. they thought they must have some like weird mind control thing that we don't know about, <laughs> so let's just start microdosing LSD <laughs> to people. It's the exactly. stupid, like... Yeah, it's this. Oh my god! But yeah, it's it's absolutely horrible. Um, a lot of the people that um, originated the project uh, were either directly part of or inspired by the Japanese and uh, Nazi German uh, war crime, uh, quote unquote, medical research. It wasn't research at all. It was, it was yeah, torture, yeah. Um, like Unit Seven Three One in Japan and the the Dachau um, concentration camp experiments in Nazi Germany, etc., etc. A lot of the people who worked within CIA cells for this stuff were either uh, Nazi uh, torturers or um, uh, autopsy 
autopsy professionals or vivisection, vi- vivisectionists, excuse me, that's the mm-hmm. word I believe. Um, and they were direct, they were out, it like died in the cloth fucking Nazis uh, that just, you know, got a, a US, um, what's it called, passport and then just showed up. Um, the American government and the CIA specifically had these people, uh, these Nazis, former Nazis, who are still currently Nazis, um, teach the use of sarin gas against people and what had like the development of, of the effects of sarin gas on people uh, and how best to dose it and all that kind of bullshit was taught to the CIA by these former Nazis. And uh, one of the main, uh, what's called, uh, targets that they were hoping to achieve some level of success with was uh, Fidel Castro. They want to get something that they would know would be able to work, so then they would, uh, so he would be one of the first people uh, that they would target, which I find uh, especially funny because um, uh, of all the stupid shit that they tried uh, and failed, this is up there with the exploding cigar and the fucking, you know, (laughs) oh, his beard, fucking hair will fall off. Yeah. Um, Yeah, all this bullshit. Um, and by the way, there's also not mentioning all the messed up stuff in which they would uh, basically have people uh, in sensory, sensory deprivation rooms for months on end, only for them to uh, come in, shock, they give them electric shocks, and then leave and keep them uh, uh, with uh, in sensory deprivation for a few more months afterwards, etc., etc. Absolutely, like, horrific yeah. things it's evil. that they did. Truly evil yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this is only, by the way, the stuff that we we know about. Um, other things include them seeking out uh, impoverished drug addicts, like heroin addicts, and they would experiment on them for and promising them more heroin if that they if they would comply. Yeah. Um, they also would go to uh, sex workers um, and they would tell them it's either um, what's it called? Uh, we either arrest you uh, or you end up uh, working for us, helping us microdose these uh, the people who would uh, the Johns that would come in and partake in the, in the service. Amongst many other things, it was a horrible, horrible project um, that uh, we don't, we haven't even scratched the surface of. But uh, in the common uh, public perception within the United States now, it's just some silly. Oh, you know, they gave some uh, like LSD to people, which is not even the beginning of the how horrific it was. Oh, oh, one more thing, one more thing that I just remembered. Um, the United States, because they were afraid, uh, or like the CIA, because they were afraid that they could be um, brought to, uh, eventually be brought for a criminal prosecution because of the things that they were doing that was incredibly illegal, uh, of which one of the most important things was violating informed consent, uh, which was, uh, I believe, codified after uh, the Nuremberg uh, trials. Um, uh, so it was a part of it. It's a, like, basically, it's, on, it's up there with fucking being a war, a war crime if you're doing this without informed consent on people. Um, and and uh, the United States to avoid, or the CIA to avoid um, criminal prosecution, opened up black sites all over the world, um, mostly in in, uh, in Asia, to uh, take uh, unsuspecting people and uh, do you know subject them to torture, sensory isolation, temperature uh, extremes of temperature uh, like changes, electroshocks, drugs, etc., etc. Uh, and eventually, a lot of them ended up dying from because of this. Um, so that's uh, that's uh, it leaves a pleasant taste in the mouth. Yeah, that's a heavy one. Uh, look, definitely look into to MK Ultra if you're at least remotely interested in in things that like the CIA and other covert operations have have been up to uh, in the U.S. and around the world. It is mm. truly shocking, and in my experience, one of the best ways to kind of start people on a path to thinking, hey, maybe the U.S. isn't this shining city on a hill. Mm. You know something also, uh, JT. I would love to get your 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 yeah. uh, raw. Um, I would like to get other things raw from you, but <laughs> I would love to get your raw reaction <laughs> to this. Um, <laughs> um, the the amount of money that was spent on this project on MacUltra at the time was around ten million dollars, which, if you were to adjust for inflation, is almost a hundred million today. Um, Jesus. 
100 ten times more than the, ten... all of Tibet. It's like fucking yeah, forces and shit. Exactly. It go, it goes to show where the true uh, interests of the United States yeah. government are. Um, but my the, the part that I love about this is a hundred million dollars uh, tax tax money. This was basically the money of of just regular everyday Americans going into this, rather than going to education or healthcare or helping the homeless or hey, you know the countless fucking war veterans that were never taken care of in the United States, despite the fact that it's part of like the civic religion of the United States to idolize uh, the military. I mean, not to you know like American war veterans. Uh, part of them didn't know better. Part of them were sociopaths that just wanted to go and kill brown people. But at the end of the day, for a society that claims to care so much about their veterans and never did anything for them. Um, this sort of money, like it, it, it's just, it, it baffles the mind mm. to 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 yeah. even think about these numbers. That's um, why we're number one, baby. We spend millions yeah, on our guild of necromancers. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, I, is, is in this isn't this actually true that the the CIA or like the United States government did research into magic? Isn't that isn't that a real thing? <laughs> Occult stuff. Yeah, the same yeah. as Hitler. Yeah, oh no, no, we should. People. But we should no. We should give them rep on that. Like the United States is prepared for absolutely everything, don't they? Have like a hundred and fifty page paper on what the U.S. needs to do in case there's a zombie apocalypse as well. Like official yeah, aliens too. Aliens. Uh-huh. No, I can respect that. I can respect that. Uh, or I can say, oh my God, what are you wasting your fucking money on? But to me, that the key yeah. thing out of this entire conversation was what Hakim mentioned uh, briefly at, at one point uh, five minutes ago is that they learned. The only thing they learned after this massive fuck-up, and not only massive fuck-up, but this disgusting thing that they did to thousands of people, is they said, we shouldn't get caught the next time we try to do something like this. So they ended up creating black sites, and black sites were born pretty much out of MKUltra and a few other uh, colossal failures at the time. (laughs) It's like, come on, take a fucking (laughs) hint already. Liberals, by the way, uh, liberals will still to this day be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. (laughs) How fucking naive. How fuck. These people, like, I'm sorry, like, the only cure for this lobotomies i don't know i don't know what needs to be done to to maybe maybe the liberals need lsd microdosing i don't know <laughs> um, well it's like um it's like that one time the the ex-cia director was on fox news and laura ingram hmm. uh oh yeah yeah was yeah. talking about <laughs> past coups and she's like but we don't do that anymore do we and he's like well mm. only for a very good cause in the oh, interest yes. of democracy oh, yeah, how quirky! Like, oh, ooh, 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 with the two fingers, fucking ooh, ooh. we might still do that. Jesus <laughs> Christ! He, like he's, he admits it on on TV. He says, "Yes, we oh still coup other nations, but it's for our own good." It's like, come on! Oh my God! Um, now I'm just gonna leave with one last sentence that we can move on with Michael oh, Michael Trenel is garbage. Um, in the official transcript. Uh, they mention <clears throat> the the quote unquote perfect subjects that they could go go out for, and they list them as mental patients, prisoners, drug addicts, and prostitutes. And according mm. to the uh, officer that put it together, uh, he put within the brackets people who could not fight back. Yeah. So this is the United States. If you want to ever see what the the true image, the true face of that criminal empire is, it's that people who could not fight back. Um, so fuck the United States. Fuck the U.S. Um, <laughs> Obviously, Jake I think will I, cut I, all of this. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and you, people can uh, infer what was said. Magba America. That's 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 what was said. All right. Anyways, moving on is my turn. Our next uh, beautiful conspiracy theory, which was a little bit more out there in one way and a little bit more uh, insidious in another, is something called Operation Condor. Now, I think 
a lot of people, particularly on the left, should know or would already know about Operation Condor. But for those who are unaware, it was a U.S.-backed uh, official campaign. This was a thing that was backed on every level of the American government in collaboration with ba basically every far-right or fascist uh, right-wing uh, uh, government in Latin America uh, for campaigns of massive political repression and state terror, uh, kidnappings, assassinations, um, and on. Uh, and uh, my favorite part about this is, again, um, leading back to the, the thing that JT just mentioned about the um, uh, the ex-director uh, who was like, oh, yeah, no, we still coup governments. Um, uh, if you want to just get a short list of some of the coups that were directly supported and instigated by the United States, um, the Stroessner government in Paraguay in 1954, which is a fascist government, was brought to power off the back of Operation Condor. The uh, military hunt in Brazil um, in 1964 was, again, as a result of Condor. Um, uh, Hugo Banzer in Bolivia in 71 was also as a result of this. Uh, in Uruguay, the uh, military dictatorship in 1973 was also as a result of this. The rise of Pinochet and the legal overthrow of the democratically elected government of um, Salvador Allende. Um, you said course, illegal, uh, right? Because I heard you say legal. Yes, illegal. <laughs> no, no, no. Illegal, illegal, <laughs> yeah. illegal. Fuck it. Like no, okay. yeah. no, no. Oh, it's perfectly fine. That was in 1973. That was also as a result of Operation Condor. Uh, in Peru, the uh, dictatorship, the fascist dictatorship in Peru in 1975 was also as a uh, result of Operation Condor. The uh, Argentinian military junta um, in 1976 was also as a result of this. Um, I could go on, but if this isn't enough <laughs> of a point to be yeah. like, oh, wow, maybe the United States isn't pretty good. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it just a quirky little thing that every government the United States will uh, uh, like to put in power just happens to be a military fascist dictatorship? Isn't that just, yeah. what a quirky little thing. What a, what a nice little, <laughs> Weird you know. Yeah, what what a interesting little personality, fucking you know, uh, mm. Jesus so Christ. Quirky. Um, all right, yeah, it is. What a what a little quirk. Um, by the way, uh, if you want to know what it what included this operation, it included. Uh, cooperation of um, secret police across all these countries. It included lists of basically everybody. If you're students, if you're a doctor, it doesn't. It, it, uh, civil and uh, civil um, servants. It doesn't matter what you are. Massive lists of people and their political motivations, and if they went to this meeting or that meeting, all this bullshit. So basically, all the stuff that they claimed East, the East German secret police did. The American government does to Americans and people all over the world to this day, and they supported uh, this happening in Latin America as back as the, the 60s, uh, and even before that, actually. Um, they supported and directly trained um, uh, Latin American uh, military and paramilitary and police forces in how to kidnap and assassinate and, quote-unquote, disappear uh, people. They trained them in uh, torture methods. Um, not only did they train them in torture methods, but every subsequent American president knew of the extent of disappearances and assassinations and the torture that would take place and they would give the go-ahead they would give the 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 what's it called the um uh, the direct approval uh, these the uh, american uh, politicians and business leaders and people up, of the entire uh, upper echelon of american society would meet with these uh, criminals and torturers and dictators these fascists um shake hands with them go to their uh, weddings and uh, go to their banquets and all this kind of stuff they would be supported as bulwarks against communist dictatorship and friends of democracy and all this fucking nonsense um, of course, our uh, our favorite uh, what's it called? Uh, double of the devil, fucking Kissinger, uh, is uh, directly played a hand in almost all these um, uh, in setting up almost all of this. And my favorite part is 
Kissinger was the one who, in uh, a, a what's it called, uh, a note to several of these Latin American governments, thought that death squads weren't being formed quickly enough. Enough, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever want, to, by the way, uh, just hazard a guess: who was the the, the primary um, recipient of all this repression? Uh, just hazard a guess. Hmm. I, I wonder. I, I wonder who it could be. I wonder. Possibly. Of course, it was communists. It was communists, yeah. socialists, trade union leaders, uh, peasant leaders. Everybody who want to improve the daily life of average everyday people um, were the people who are uh, what's it called um, uh, targeted directly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, you know what's uh, interesting is there's an interesting French and also Israeli connection to this. Which oh wow, the the two uh, you know <laughs> a, a settler. Oh, oh. <laughs> I can smell the room. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like oh, I wonder. Wow, how, what a neato, isn't that? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, if you also, want to know. Fact, Throwback to our episode, one of our episodes with uh, with Alan McLeod, there is some evidence to suggest that Tucker Carlson, of all people, yes. was involved in with uh, some of the Contras, which is very, very interesting, and it, it just goes to show how many CIA flunkies end up uh, working for for state TV. Yeah, no, exactly right. Uh, and uh, these people are, you know, if like a former KGB guy was uh, on like the uh, was a newscaster, incredibly popular in the Soviet Union, they would never live that. They this would be. A, a thing to this day they would be like oh but what about this newscaster that's ex-KGB that would spread all this propaganda on Soviet television oh my god the, mm. you would never live it down as a communist but this shit didn't happen in the Soviet Union this shit happens and uh, happened and still happens in the United States and its allies uh, by the way if you guys want to know uh, or have a rough idea of the amount of people who are killed um there, it's it's very hard to uh, know because none of this stuff has been uh, declassified, and we just have kind of the bad archives of these dictatorships that didn't keep records. Um, they didn't care; they just killed people and then uh, threw them in mass graves. Um, uh, so it's hard to tell exactly how many people died. But it's believed to that nearly half a million people were arrested, um, over fifty thousand people were killed, and this is, uh, by the way, not a wartime or you know, this is clandestine assassinations and stuff like that. Just ha- yeah. think about this for a second. This isn't, uh, you know, like a mass uh, like a mass movement that raised an army that met with the government and there was like massacres. No, this was like some guy knocks on your door and puts two bullets in you and then walks away. Yeah. 50, Individual murders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ridiculous amounts of people killed. Um, there's a, 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 um, between 20 and 40,000 people who are quote-unquote disappeared, which is another way of saying killed. So the real amount of people who died were nearly 100,000 people. Um, Sorry for interrupting. For, uh, co- for context, for context uh, in the quote-unquote Ukrainian war from the beginning, uh, around 5,000 pe- civilians have died up until this point. This is a hardcore war with fucking HIMAR missiles and fucking uh, tanks and shit. And you heard how many Hakim uh, cited outside of yeah. open war and and my favorite um interesting like i'll, I'll note one person uh, who died uh, because a lot of people died and it's not it's it wouldn't be fair to just like you know to the audience or all, all these people deserve to be remembered and all these by the way a lot of people were killed we still don't know where where they ended up we don't know where their graves yeah. are um and a lot of these people were students by the way some of them as young as like 15 and 16 years old some of them even younger by the way but i'm not even gonna get into that i'm gonna highlight one aspect one person because of how ridiculous it is 
there is one girl. Her name was uh, Dagmar Hagelin. She is a Swedish-Argentinian girl uh, who happened to be friends with a, a person who was a suspected radical. So the uh, this happened in Argentina, by the way, in the 70s, in 77, I believe. Um, the sacred police basically showed up to the house of this guy uh, who was a friend of this girl uh, who was a spe- suspected radical. And they, you know, beat him up and tortured him and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he apparently let up that uh, the next day he was expecting a visit from another radical. Um, so they're like, okay, now they have a, some lead on some person. And this girl, who just happens to be a friend, who wasn't a radical, she just happened to be a friend of this person, decided to, on a whim, show up to this guy's mm-hmm. house, right? When she showed up to this guy's house, they want to arrest her, and then she didn't know what was going on, so she started running, so they just gunned her down in the street. God. And the guy who the guy who was responsible for this, um, only after the Swedish state had to get involved 30 years later, <laughs> was he brought to justice and he was i think only sent, he was sent to prison basically which is not enough for all the other people that he's killed um yeah. also a side note disgusting very interesting that a lot of the people that were directly involved uh either in the secret police of this or even in the military dictatorships had german last names um with very unsavory connections to other hmm. german uh some a particular hmm. you know so uh, but give the germans a, a guns ch- you know give the germans yes, guns no, no, no. We, yeah we, we need to, we need to we need to remilitarize all right germany absolutely to, anyways my <laughs> my point being is that this girl was 17 years old going to visit a friend uh, a friend's Fucking house pigs. and was gunned down on the street because of being as the 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 this is how how um fragile fascist governments are that they're this terif- they're they're so horrifically terrified of a 17 year old that they have to murder them without due trial or anything in the street because god forbid this person might be a a a uh, uh, radical or a communist uh, by the way when when they uh, gunned her down um uh, I think I, I misremembered when they gunned her down before they, they captured her after she ran away. They took her to a torture sen- uh, center where certain things happened. You can use your imagination. Oh, and then she was killed. So excuse me, I misremembered. Um, uh, the, the, there's another 17-year-old who, with a similar story, but they, they, they weren't Swedish uh, that this happened to. Anyways, you get my point. Uh, this is the face of the American empire. Um, always remember whenever you see Joe Biden and he's like, oh, America's back with democracy. We're leaders of the free world. This is what they were doing in back rooms, um, meeting yeah. and shaking hands with, with uh, the most despicable of humanity. So yes, a lot of people listening would say, okay, but what about all those South American governments that were doing that together with the U.S.? What about this uh, Eastern European country, this Middle Eastern country, this uh, Asian country, this, that, this, that? They also do very fucked up shit. The U.S. is, you know, if they had the same money as the U.S., they would do fucked up shit on the same level, et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, okay, okay, let's let's accept that argument. But none of those fucking countries say that they are paragons of freedom and democracy yeah. and they're <laughs> the only place that doesn't, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. deal in back rooms, that doesn't do that to their own citizens or foreign citizens, that is somehow playing the game far more ethically than any other place on planet Earth, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, sure, throw that argument at us. Other governments, quote-unquote, do it too. But at least the citizens of those other governments and those other governments themselves, I'm not excusing them, but at least they're relatively open about being pieces of fucking shit. The hypocrisy Mm -hmm. of the U.S. when it comes to acting abroad and domestically in such a despicable manner is because it has brainwashed its own population. And I genuinely think even itself that it doesn't want to accept what it sees in the fucking mirror, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And that, that's what annoys motherfuckers, you know? By the way, it gets worse. I have other, you know, oh, things, quote-unquote, conspiracies. But I'm not going to... Like, well, you guys take your your things, and then, you know, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll take mine later. So, uh, <laughs> JT, you're up. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's see if I can make this a little less depressing. All right, so um, we all are familiar with, with advertising, and we're surrounded with billboards, especially here in the United States. Everything is, is sold to us all the time. So one... Um, conspiracy that a lot of people have is that you know they're trying to turn us into mindless drones through the tv and in a way that is (laughs) kind of true um and it's it all comes down to mostly one dude whose name was edward bernays this guy was kind of he's considered the the great grandpappy of advertising and his goal was to basically gain control of the minds of of the average american they wanted to determine what the the base psychological needs were that americans had in in the back of their mind and manipulate them into doing stuff to manipulate them specifically into buying consumer goods um and fun fact uh bernays was sigmund freud's nephew so he was kind of leaning on his his uncle's um, thoughts on the subconscious to develop his own methods. And what's interesting about this, like, this guy is, he's just, he's a propagandist. He was a propagandist. And when you typically think of propagandists, like, you know, we're all propagandists. We, we distribute information based on our ideology. But this guy, his only ideology was, how do I get people to buy cereal or shoes or whatever? His whole thing was... Not to like forward any movement uh, or or change the world in any meaningful way, but just to get people to to open their wallets more willingly, which is fascinating. Uh, and and one, um, <clears throat> sorry, just before you, no, just before you continue, I just yeah. mind one thing. This this always reminds me of the picture where it was a a on the sides of Soviet buildings from like the eighties, and it was quote unquote advertisement, Soviet advertisement, and it was a image of three women. And it was uh, like a like a stylized uh, art on the side of these huge uh, housing buildings. And one of them was an artist, one of them was a scientist, and one of them was a doctor. Like one of them was looking like a test tube, and the other one had like a doctor's, you know, the lab yeah. coat and everything. And then in like 1993, it was just Pepsi Cola. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so it just goes to show what the Soviet or socialist governments want to uh, advertise and what the capitalism wants. Sorry, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he he worked with uh, another guy called uh, Paul Mazur. Mazur. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Um, who said we must shift America from a needs to a desires culture. People must be trained to desire to want new things even before the old have been entirely consumed. We oh, must wow. shape a new mentality. Man's desires must overshadow his needs, um, which is, is pretty transparent. But um, <laughs> what if my desire is to turn Bernays into the sauce he's named after? <laughs> <laughs> he, but Bernays himself, uh, it said in, in 1928, and I think this is um, where it becomes a little insidious and it becomes clear just how his goals were were strictly that he wanted to control people's minds. And here, here's his mm. quote. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government that is the true ruling power of this country. We are governed, our minds molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. 
In almost every act of our daily lives, we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who pull the wires which control the public mind. So this guy was like the OG mind control uh, sadist. Like this was back mm-hmm. in the 20s that he was experimenting with this stuff. And he actually, he wrote a book called Propaganda, which you can which you can find. And it's very highly rated. Like it's it's well written and it outlines his methods and stuff. So if, if you're interested in, in learning how um, his, this philosophy works, because it's still employed to this day with corporations, they're fine-tuning his methods to this day to sell stuff at a, at a more breakneck pace. I'd encourage you to check out his book, and it'll give you at least a little bit of, of insight into you know the mind of the enemy, of the people trying to, to, to prey on you. The book is very good. I, I, I read it back in the day, and uh, Bernays kind of reaches a point of semi-class consciousness, even with the quote that you read out previously, but he yeah. just fully goes, okay, so I need to be a part of the ruling class. If I don't want to get fucked, I need to be the one who fucks, right. you know, typical, uh, you know, bootstraps type, type of uh, methodology. It's per- you, you realize how sadistic it is when, when you think about who their ideal target audience is. And it's the same today. And I'm sure you got, Nick, you can tell me who the most valuable and lucrative audience is uh, for advertising. Uh, kids. Yeah, it's kids. Exactly. And it's, it's, if you can get them young... You'll have a consumer for life. If you can build those, you know, quote unquote relationships with the consumer, that's, you know, 60, 70, 80 years of people buying cornflakes because it's their favorite because they've watched the commercials on TV when they were a kid. It's really sick. It's it's not just, you know, the commercial that you see on a billboard or on TV. It's uh, all advertising from when he became super influential was a all-round package bombarding everyone with information uh, throughout every funnel that they can find that you interact with on a daily basis. So if you're running one particular campaign, you want that campaign to be in the newspapers, on the TV, uh, on the billboard in front of the in front of the school, on the leaflets, in the mall, uh, being put on the wind wipers of your car. That's like more direct stuff. But then what what the, um, JT perfectly outlined it and his where his genuine kind of brilliance and the brilliance of capitalists of that day you know respect your enemy etc etc comes from is that they understood that if we only concentrate on use value of products people will buy only a certain set and a certain number of things and once they satisfy their material existence you know the lower tiers of the Maslow pyramid uh, they will be like okay I'm fine with this and they will pursue some greater joys in life and forget about going to the mall every other motherfucking day and needing to buy a new suit a new t-shirt a new car every three years make their house a bit bigger a bit flashier etc etc they understood that the true purpose of life is not to consume. Actually, they understood that once people get tired of simply consuming, they pursue some some, uh, greater things. So how do we make sure that they keep consuming? Uh, Do we increase the quality of the product? Okay, from time to time, sure. But what if we can make them think that finding greater purpose can also be achieved through what? Through consumption. So they created, you know, a society of desires where your internal personal identity needs to be constantly communicated outwards to everyone that you're surrounded by, by you showing them uh, what subculture you're in, uh, what 
uh, economic class you're in, the expensiveness of your clothes, how your clothes look like, if we take fashion, et cetera, et cetera, uh, what uh, your political beliefs are. You can, for, when we look at fashion, you can show all of that off through the products that you buy and that you put on your body. Now expand that to absolutely every single industry that you can think of. Again, they managed to to complete to say use value of products can is finite but if you make the motherfucker think that he cannot be himself and that he cannot be a a true elevated member of society without uh, constantly showing that off through the things that uh, he she they own then uh, then you you're gonna make a lot of motherfucking money, and that's why no matter like people think that advertising is very is sometimes very direct, and a lot of it the cheap shit absolutely is. But true genuine world building uh, happens very to a certain extent subconsciously. Uh, obviously, he was very inspired by his uncle, uh, and he was <laughs> he was very successful in it because even I don't know, boys, you can you can tell me if you're like this or not, but even people like the three of us, which I believe have a decent amount of class consciousness and a decent uh, understanding of uh, what how insane hyper-consumerism really fucking is, uh, we still get tra- trapped in it from time to time because it's the ideology of the land, quote-unquote. And I feel uncomfortable if I'm outside and I have a stain on my fucking shirt. It's a stain on my shirt. I'm not that, but I feel uncomfortable. It's not ironed. I feel uncomfortable. It's it, uh, it looks shitty and low quality. I feel uncomfortable. I buy something expensive, relatively branded. I know it's insane. I feel fucking cool. Mm. Even though I know it's insane, I feel fucking cool. I want a nice motherfucking car. I, I like flashy fucking gold on my fingers. I know it's insane, but it makes me feel very comfortable with myself. And they tapped the need for self-expression, but they turned it into, I oh, want self-expression by my fucking thing. And uh, yep. respect to our enemy, this is, again, very changeable, and we will we will change this in the future of, of the world, but... Uh, uh, this conspiracy that, that that just let me finish uh, the, 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 what JT started with you know the conspiracy that uh, oh my God they're trying to control our minds uh, is stupid because they're not trying to they've they've done it a long time ago yeah uh, I, I was just gonna something I'd like to add is um something interesting you mentioned right now about the 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 power of advertising and how um just uh, even though you know better it still quote-unquote feels nice um to get the thing um i'm reminded of uh this uh the movie the irony of fate um which is a soviet movie uh, from 1976 it's a romantic comedy kind of uh type um that uh, is it's a very good movie and it's now like a christmas tradition that i fucking love that film Uh, oh you said it didn't oh that's such a good fucking film Yeah. yeah sorry yep yeah uh, and uh, across all, almost all post-Soviet countries, at Christmas time, they the family gets together and watches this movie. I don't know why, but it's a, still it's a very good movie. Uh, by the way, like side topic, we're gonna do a, a, a um, an episode on censorship, and I I spoke with the guys briefly about this. If I was personally a Soviet censor. I wouldn't have allowed this movie to be made. I don't think, yeah, yeah. which really goes to show how I don't want to use the word liberal, but how open they were with yeah. uh, the how much they allowed the Soviet system to be criticized. Unlike what the Americans would have yeah. to believe, or the, with the same apartment and everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. But anyways, my my, my uh, point being is, I I watched this movie with my father in 
like the end of my, I think, third year of med school, I remember, uh, after a very big exam, it was a, a kind of like a, a, a shifting moment in my life. It was a very important uh, thing. And it was one of those rare moments that me and my father could actually bond, because uh, mm-hmm. we have very few of those, sadly. Um, and uh, we watched this movie, and uh, there's a scene in which one of the guys, uh, the, the guy, he has a Christmas gift for his woman, and uh, she gets him an electric shaver, and he gets her a perfume that was imported from Paris. And I was like, oh, and the thing, the the reason that it was so, you know, because the Soviet perfume industry did exist and it was actually fairly developed. Um, but the very fact this is, ooh, was advertised in, in Western magazines and it was from France mm. and it's all like bougie and all that kind of shit. She like, ooh, she swooned over this fact. And I remember my father looked at this and he like just muttered under uh, under his breath. He was like, this is what destroyed you. I mean, like the Soviets. He was like, this yeah. this, this this bullshit. And I just, uh, this moment just is very fixated in my mind. And this is why I hate advertising to such a, like a, a, no offense, you got naked. Oh, no, no, <laughs> you, no, you no. have to eat. <laughs> you I'm, have to eat. I'm only <laughs> learning the methods yeah. of the enemy. I have far from another. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but like when you when you see what happened for like in Cuba, when you go and you don't see billboards fucking advertising, you know, objectify women to advertise fucking I don't know selling bananas or some stupid shit. You see uh, a sign that says there are uh, millions of children that are going to sleep hungry today. Not a single one of them is Cuban. For example, something like that, like something that makes you proud of your country, or uh, and yet it still the reached them. It still the- reached them. When my yeah. parents went to Cuba in the hotel when they were leaving, literally, the, the everybody was begging them, "You give me the rest of your deodorant or the shampoo or whatever, because it's branded Nivea or something, and they can resell it or they can use them themselves and feel like, oh my God, I'm a bit better than the other guy because I have this. Because even even no matter how beautiful of a society you're you're building, the, the, these ideas that Bernays and other motherfuckers have created have become so global that they're please continue sorry but you know what the fuck I'm yeah, yeah. yeah no no yeah yeah exactly right yeah so this is something that we'll probably make a dedicated episode on but uh yeah um the the concept of of and, and the how horrible and how deeply penetrated the uh, advertising has been to the modern human psyche has damaged uh, not even like just society in general but also it's something that will have to be content, content with very intelligently under socialism mm. yeah um yeah but that, that was just you a, really a, can't a, just because a lot of commies say uh sorry for that i love uh, uh i'm not just adding on i'm not to tra- inter- yeah, yeah, go, inter- ahead, go ahead go ahead because uh, it's a passionate conversation uh it, Big mistake for any potential communist revolutionary listening to this. Please don't go full on. Oh, now we again have only one type of product for every single thing. You will not yeah. be able to fund any fucking yeah. movement that way because people mm. are just used to having seven types of genes. You, you can't go back. You need to adjust it yeah. to uh, to a socialist mode of production. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And but what's interesting is nowadays with the with the path that uh, what we've learned from the Soviet experiment and the new paths that have been uh, developed by the other socialism that currently exists, um, there is at least some idea of the possibility of this. We no longer exist in the and the um, only ten thousand products that are planned by hand exactly. uh, anymore. We have you know supercomputers and all like that. So the, uh, the it will be different this time around. It will be better, um, even though the first attempt was a f- smashing fucking success. Uh, um, yeah. Given the limitations, but yeah, sorry, um, I, I heavily derailed. Excuse me. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's this is exactly the kind of conversation I wanted to have about this because it's super important, and I, I feel like people don't really think about it that much. Yeah, they, they don't because they think they think it's normal. They think that's human nature. You know, wanting lots of shit, hoarding shit is just natural. <laughs> yeah. 
By the way, just funnily enough, uh, the Ukrainian government uh, now has banned this movie because it was pretty uh, expensive. It's just a stupid. Wow. Just a, just a stupid. Which, Why by this the way, movie? now it's like. What? Th- it's the yeah, most like, uh, yeah. inoffensive, the fuck Christmas thingy that only, you know, hardcore commies like us are going to be like, oh my God, they're making fun. You got the free apartment. You're making fun of it. They both look yeah. the same. Ah, triggered. Yeah. But, uh, Not only. Yeah. yeah do, you, do you know why? The, the, the reason's even more stupid than this. Um, why? One of the actresses. One of the actresses in the movie, uh, by the way, this movie was made in the mid seventies. One of the actresses made a pro like Russian government statement in like two thousand and twelve or something, right? Man. Like fifty years afterwards, this after this movie was produced, and uh, the Ukrainian government's like, oh, it's uh, contra- this movie contradicts the interests of our national security. So now it's great. So what <laughs> so so watch next level you know. grudge holding? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. If we apply that scrutiny to is... Kanye West, bro. Yeah. Anyways. Um, can I bring it back to depression with my <laughs> with, with my examples? Yeah. All right. Um, so the next thing, which was, by the way, apparently... No, this was very spirit, depressing was, as well. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, to bring down the mood even further. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 this was This was also considered to be a, uh, a uh, conspiracy theory. Oh, this never fucking happened until it came out that it happened. The use of Nazis after World War II as spies, recruited by the U.S. government. Um, and there's one example I would like to highlight because there's so many of them, they're all horrible. But this guy is such a, um example of a piece of shit that I, uh, you know, he's the, the, the prototypical, you know, um, uh, yeah, he's the, he's the example. Um, this guy, his name is Alexandras Lilik, uh, what, I don't know how the fuck to pronounce this, Lilikis, L-I-L-E-I-K-I-S, he's Lithuanian. If you look up his fucking picture, this dude is the spitting image of an evil motherfucker. He looks like the sort of... <laughs> do you know what he looks like? He looks like um, the sort of professor that when you go into your exam, he's going to fail you right away. This is the guy. Ah, oh, wow, I've yeah. the picture. This is the dude, doesn't he? <laughs> he looks yeah. like he a looks fucking... mean. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a dickhead. Now, um, this guy was indeed a dickhead. If you don't know, this dude was a Lithuanian born in 1907 or so. Uh, he went to uh, uh, the law school in, in Lithuania. And then afterwards, um, when uh, Lithuania uh, joined and became part of the Soviet Union, um, he fled to Germany to join uh, the a, a particular a small small movement that was going on in, in the area at the time. Um, I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, he was oh, very boy. pro-Nazi, this dude. Very, very pro-Nazi. And he was a significant hater of what he referred to as Judeo-Bolshevism. Yes, our favorite like fucking... Classic. Um, our, yeah, exactly. We need a soundboard that says Peterson classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> we need a soundboard that just says Judeo-Bolshevism. For fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway, Judeo-Bolshevism. Um, so... So this dude basically he had a short stint as a uh, a member of the uh, like secret police in Lithuania before he came to uh, um, uh, the pre-Soviet uh, Lithuanian secret police um, before the Soviet Union ever became before Lithuania joined the Soviet Union uh, and uh, he went then to Nazi Germany and then when the Nazis invaded uh, the Soviet Union uh, he went back to Lithuania reorganized the secret police along the Gestapo lines um, and basically uh, with uh, directives from Nazi. Germany, Germany, but also his own stuff that he wrote, uh, he wanted to create a force that would weed out, quote-unquote, all Jews and communists from Lithuania. Um, and uh, he specifically uh, said that uh, um, if you are a, a Jew in hiding, or you're a non-Jew, uh, but you help Jews, um, or you are a communist, you're all Jews. It doesn't matter. Honest about the irrationality. And if you're all Jews, you're also all communists, and Does if you're Jews and communists, you should be killed. But oh doesn't it cancel itself <laughs> out? You know, communist and Jew, then you're an Aryan, you know, you get like, yeah. you have a pass. Yeah. <laughs> no, 
Honestly. Ugh. By the way, not only this, but he was an enthusiastic organizer of, uh, what's it called? Of, um, what are they called in English? Where you just have a ragtag team of people, like, from the village, and they're just like, we want to kill Jews, too! Um, uh, pogroms? Yeah, like, kind of like a pogrom, but he would get these, these, uh, bands of people that he would organize, just regular people, um, to organize into, basically, uh, anti-Semitic and anti-communist, um, murder, like, like death a squad. lynching. Lynch, basically lynchings. And these people estimate uh, have uh, been estimated to murder 70,000 Jews in one Jeez. city alone. In one, one, one city alone. Uh, not only this, but he was uh, a uh, directly... Um, he would get the, the, the papers on his um, uh, desk and he would sign uh, on all of them. Like, these, these 10,000 Jews, kill them? Yes, in signature. These 10,000 Jews, kill them? His signature. And so on and so forth. Um, so wow. if, if you just need to know, this guy was a thorough piece of shit. Um, after the war, uh, when the Soviets were rapidly advancing on uh, um, uh, Nazi Germany, uh, this guy decided, you know what, he saw the writing on the walls, and in '44 he escaped to Germany, he changed his appearance and everything, and came to Germany to just try to be a quote-unquote displaced person, and then when the war ended, he immediately went to uh, American forces, and he was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a poor, ooh, <laughs> I'm a poor little uh, oppressed uh, dissident, can you guys help me out? Um, and the um, the American uh, government, uh, the American forces and the CIA, or what became of the CIA at the time, uh, directly knew of all his activities. He, they knew he was a, uh, he organized secret police in uh, pre-Soviet uh, Lithuania. He knew his uh, actions in Germany. He knew that he was directly responsible for the death of uh, tens of thousands, almost 100,000 Jews actually in uh, Lithuania. They knew all of this, right? But when in his official um, documents, the CIA document that authorized him entry into the US, they wrote that there is apparently no derogatory information uh, on uh. him. Right. God. So, um, if, uh, show me another guy who can kill ten thousand people based so uh, or a hundred thousand people based solely on ethnic <laughs> a self-identification, yeah. and there would be no derogatory information. That's okay on with it. us, anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not only, not only, not only was he saved by the CIA, uh, taken away from what the, what the Soviets would have done, which would have rightly hanged him for the piece of shit and war criminal that he was. Yeah. Um. They they took him out of there. They brought him to the U.S. They set him up in like fucking Maryland or something in a nicely co- in a cozy little fucking uh, suburban house. Um. And they gave him a stipend, so he got like a, a your tax money, basically American tax <laughs> money, paying this piece of shit salary. Uh. And he was used to recruit uh, Lithuanian spies, uh, in East Germany and all this kind of stuff. And he he directly, out of his own volition, but also with the help of the CIA, managed to um, uh, help his Nazi buddies, particularly Lithuanian Nazi collab- collaborators, uh, out of the former Soviet area and help them get the American uh, citizenship and CIA jobs as well. Um, so, you know, he, he doesn't forget uh, his own, apparently. Yeah. Um, We're and, good at that. Uh, We're really good at hiring Nazis for our projects. Yeah. Like NASA that, was full of them. Everything. Isn't that like, so weird? Isn't yeah. <laughs> that so weird? I, I, gen, I, what kind of a government that claims to be the, 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 the number one, you know, purveyor and supporter of democracy and human rights, just, why would there be so many Nazis? I, yeah. I, I can't fathom it personally, okay? Um, anyways, Probably nothing. Uh, so in the end, this dude, by the way, uh, there was an official investigation like launched many decades after, like 50 years afterwards, um, that basically just came across the fact that this dude killed tens of thousands of people by his own hand. Um, and uh, the CIA then went on record saying, oh, we didn't know any of this. We, didn't, wow. we had no idea. We know, we know <laughs> the, the, what minute JT took a shit today, but we, know, <laughs> but we didn't know that this guy killed 100,000 Jews. We didn't know it. Um, anyways, so basically this guy was... Uh, uh, 
not excommunicated, what's the word, extradited, I think that's the term uh, in yeah. English, uh, to uh, Lithuania uh, in the, I think, uh, no, he wasn't extradited, excuse me, he went on his own volition. Um, he, he went and flew to Lithuania just to fucking, uh, um, just I, I live it up, I guess, post, uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union or the legal dissolution of the Soviet Union. Um, and, uh, in the late 90s and 98 or so, he was charged with, uh, genocide by the Lithuanian government, uh, which, by the way, to this day still celebrates other, like, Nazi collabor- collaborators. So it's, you know, like Latvia and Estonia. Um, so it was very interesting that they, they, they chose to single out this, this one guy. But, uh, anyways, so, um, he appeared in court and he was about to be sentenced but then um sadly uh justice couldn't be served because he died of a heart attack like before the 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 trial was over um hold on uh, this man died of a heart attack and worked for the cia new conspiracy uh, yes <laughs> by the way do you want to know the 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 what's it called the best part about it uh yeah. is that um he died <laughs> the guy who wasn't yeah oh no no he should have died way earlier he should have been fucking hung in 44 um this piece of shit uh but anyways uh, this guy when he died he had like an apparently an official funeral that was attended by many uh radical lithuanian nationalists and fascists and nazis and all that kind of shit um to give him like oh to honor him and his his efforts against the judea bolsheviks all this the same shit that happens in ukraine now the, the same exact fucking image um and this dude was protected and directly supported financially and in other ways by the u.s government and by the cia um and you want to know the 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 uh, pinnacle the absolute cherry on top uh-huh. there is a, one of the few images surviving of him in service is him in front of him in his shitty little Nazi uniform that, by the way, is very ill-fitting on him, so you just bait a fuck, right? And we, <laughs> behind him is just like a band of Jews that are all uh, like uh, tied together, and Thank of God. course they were subsequently uh, um, uh, all murdered after this image was taken. Um, and this is one of the images that, uh, by the way, was in the official archive of the CIA for this dude. But huh. again, the CIA was like, oh, we <laughs> don't know. know. He was just having fun. He was. This is just a little game of fucking hacky sack. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> right? this, this is what this guy was doing. Vibes. Yeah, I'm sorry. For, this was. We checked the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly right. Um, but yeah, um, by the way, you want, you want to know the, the best part about it is uh, because the Nazis, when uh, the, the, the Soviets were rapidly uh, advancing, uh, the, the Nazis started burning all their paperwork, right? Yeah. And one of the few pieces of paper that still had a signature left uh, was one um, execution notice for 75 Jews. And this is the only one that it has survived to this day. Um, so this was the official charge. And he used this in his thing like, oh, but I only killed 75 people, allegedly. Wow. <laughs> Um, even though he was, he killed tens of thousands, if not more. Um, so yeah, this was a very messy delivery. I apologize, but uh, no, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot to deliver. Um, but yes, uh, so this is the guy that uh, uh, the United States decided was a good fit for their national security services and other yeah. and, and other. Uh, you what know. an asset. Mm, yes. Uh, by the way, uh, sorry. Uh, the the best part about it is um, there's certain. Tabloids, as well as some official Lithuanian, you know that uh, like uh, publications, whatnot, that go kind of on being like, oh, but he was a good anti-Soviet, you know, freedom fighter, you know, like he was, he he was a complicated figure. (laughs) (laughs) So just, uh, yeah. Oh man. Well, you were right. This was uh, this was another depressing one. So thank you for that. Um, Do we want to end on a positive note and and maybe uh, (laughs) say one conspiracy theory, modern conspiracy theory that we all believe in? Yeah, sure. <laughs> go on. All right, go sure. Right. I'll go, go first. Okay. All right, so easy one. Uh, 
Epstein did not kill himself. So, but let's oh, okay. go further than that. <laughs> Epstein himself was CIA. I think it's that yeah. it's very useful to have somebody like that. And the CIA has used in the past um, evidence of pedophilia uh, among powerful people, or even you know, like okay, I'm not going to say that. Um, not so powerful people. <laughs> I'm not going to give examples. Um, to have dirt on them, basically, to be able to control them and say, look, if you don't cooperate with us, we're going to make this information public and ruin you. So I think the fact that Epstein was allowed to operate for all this time and with so many high-profile uh, guests on his, his awful little island, I think to me that indicates that he was uh, at least tolerated by the CIA, if not uh, part of their operation. You stole mine. That's the one I would motherfucking said. Hey... Lamo. Yeah, it's an obvious one, I think. All right, Hakeem, give give us one. Give us one that you think. Okay, wait, one that we all believe. Fuck, you're putting me on the spot. I didn't prepare this. <laughs> no, one that uh, one that just you believe. Like that that was the one that I. Okay, believe actually, in. I guess you got those right, two. Right. This is my personal opinion. Is Hakeem not the opinion of the D program? When it comes to 9-11, I won't go as far as to think uh, to say as it was like uh, the United Holy States fuck. government did it on themselves. <laughs> Holy I don't think fuck. I'll say that much. But but listen, no, no, hold on. I have a very hard time believing the United States, the single strongest military power, at a point when it was the only, it was unipolar world. They were the only people on the stage. I have a very hard time believing that their extensive military and national security apparatus could not know of either an attack that was being planned or when the planes were hijacked and that they were went way off course and that they were clearly going to uh, going to New York when they were, weren't supposed to go there and they were going to go hit two fucking planes, uh, uh, two buildings, all that kind of stuff. And uh, there was going to be an attack on the Pentagon, etc., etc., etc. I have a very hard, to believe, uh, a hard time believing that the United States government didn't at least know. I, I don't I'm not so sure if they if they themselves did it who knows but if I believe that they knew and they let it happen because they knew it would allow for a bunch of they sacrificing American lives because then they would be able to use this justification for uh, their military adventurism in in Iraq and Afghanistan I don't think it's very uh, controversial to say that this is not beneath the American government yeah. to do now do I have any evidence of this I don't I've never cared enough to look into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you believe a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Hell yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love the fucking minefield how I navigated that shit. <laughs> Oof. Oh boy. I'm sweating. I'm sweating, Spicy. boys. Spicy, well done. <laughs> All right. All right, you go us. Uh, um, I don't like I genuinely don't really um uh, I think the opioid epidemic in the U.S. and everything that happened with uh, OxyContin and shit. Uh, this, yes, the corporations absolutely knew about it, but I don't see it happening without the government's uh, oh, uh, yeah, sure. not approval, but intentional silence as it was being, yeah, yeah. you know, as it was uh, spreading across the country. Right. I mean, the Just crack epidemic them. was a thing. It was an yeah. actual government <laughs> yeah. program, yeah. practically, <laughs> so I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, you know? The only thing that yeah. would make me think kind of less is I don't know if the American government would want to do white people that badly. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with all that said, I, I hope we didn't thoroughly depress you with all these. Uh, I, I hope that you guys had a, had a great time listening to this. We couldn't have done any of this stuff, of course, again without the support of our lovely patrons. That's why you're not hearing me say, "Oh, fucking Audible, go listen to fucking J.K. Rowling fingering her asshole for 20 minutes." Oh, no. You can get a, a free audiobook. Oh, the real reason you're not hearing this garbage or Dollar Shave Club and talking about shaving your balls is because of our great and lovely uh, Patreon supporters. So thank you to all you great people. Um, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do it. 
otherwise, um, we'll 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 be back with something hopefully slightly more um, uplifting <laughs> the next time around. Um, <laughs> this has been the program. I'm Hakim. I'm JT. And I'm Yugopnik. 9-11, Joe Biden, wake up. <laughs> Steel beams, jet, jet fuel? Jet, jet, <laughs> Is that jet the fuel. meme? Oh, yeah, they came out. <laughs> uh, beams. <laughs> Epstein drove the fucking plane. <laughs>